Hey, welcome everybody. It's Monday, January 11th. Uh, the Ohio Podcast. If we enter in our, our second week of existence, thank you guys for coming, and thank you for all for you for listening. Um, Brandon, Craig, how's it going today? It's going good. It's going well. Can't complain. Well, I, I previewed it. I don't know. If, I don't know if you guys saw my Facebook post from last night. This could get pretty ugly today. Um, <laughs> I warned you guys. Um, a Monday 6 a.m. podcast after a late night NFL playoff game I cared about was is rough um, and tough. And I got a couple of things I wanted to mention. Obviously, we got some news to talk about. Um, did, did you guys stay up and watch that junket last night? I did, yeah. Um, I'm not a Browns or Steelers fan, but I'm an NFL fan, so um, I guess I'm a glutton for punishment there. Just I decided to stay up and watch. Brandon, I know you're not a big NFL fan, but your guy, Jimmy Haslam, it saves the crew. A lot of Jimmy Haslam TV appearances. Uh, did you watch uh, the support your guy, Jimmy? I was there in spirit, Chris. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I, I didn't expect you to watch the whole thing. Well, we got a sewage podcast later. And honestly, the reason why I have a sewage podcast is I don't want to waste a lot of a regular podcast just breaking down the minutiae of the game. So later today, we'll talk about what happened last night. What's the future of the Steelers? The Steelers are getting old, guys. Um, they got 20 free agents, and they're in solid cap problems. And, hey, hats off the Browns. The Browns played well. The Steelers played awful, and that's what happened. It's tough. Um, and then, also, we wanted to talk briefly. I, I got to say, I'm not a huge college football fan, uh, but we definitely at least need to mention this. Uh, tonight, Ohio State is playing for another national title. Uh, they're playing Alabama. Um how are you guys feeling? I'll, I'll start with our resident American football fan, Brandon. Are you, are you going to follow us along? This is our, our local Columbus team. Yeah, I might tune in for a little bit. Um, you know, I think uh, I just remember when they, they the first time they ever played in the uh, not in the new format uh, in the championship game. It was like when I was up in Youngstown still. So um, that was always fun to see that kind of enthusiasm and. Um, while covering it and going and talking to people um, at bars and restaurants and whatnot. So, but um, yeah, Pat, uh, good luck to them for tonight. I, Craig, I saw a Facebook fo- post from our new friend of show, John Big Nut Peters, who's, yeah. who's actually yeah. going to the game tonight. I'm not sure how he got tickets. They, I thought I read to him that the tickets were available for John Public, but Big Nut found a way and he's, he's sitting close tonight. And as he, Told us during the podcast he pays for his own ticket. So, uh, what does Big Nut do? I mean, is Big Nut a stockbroker or a day trader? I mean, Big Nut's no, he, making he, good money. He works at uh, Whirlpool in Clyde. Uh, he's been working there for many years. And um, as wow. he said, his wife's in uh, healthcare and she makes a good living as well. So they do uh, they do pretty well, and they're able to you know use their vacation time to make their trips when they go to these road trips in the Big 10 for instance um or you know as well here as Miami or New Orleans or wherever a bowl game may be so um yeah so they they do they do pretty comfortably and uh they are able to kind of invest that into uh you know into their trips and all, also the paint the paint's also one of their expenses so you know it uh, wow. it all works out though but uh, yeah, they're, uh you know oh yeah his, his work so paint yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're empty nesters, so they're able to to kind of you know relax and enjoy their uh, their time. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's what they do. A lot of Facebook posts on my timeline this weekend, Brandon, of 
big nut enjoying life in Miami. I mean, big nut, <laughs> big nut hits Miami, and who knows? Uh, hopefully, big nut doesn't get in trouble. Man. I mean, big nut was partying. Well, I mean, he wasn't partying. He's just a lot of nicer restaurants out in Miami area from what I saw. So, very nice. And speaking of the Browns and Bengals, um, uh, share the story of the weekend. I know we're halfway through it, but Brandon, I wanted to start with you. Um, well, what? Do you want to share the story? Sorry, I'm kind of going out of order today. No, you can, you can go go for it, Chris. Uh, I'll let you take the takeover news desk today. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, because half the news desk is me ranting about stuff. Oh, well, before we get there, I, I usually promo the show a little bit. Uh, it is not up yet, but I'm going to have it up hopefully this morning. Our other podcast interview is with Megan Henry of the Columbus Dispatch, a healthcare reporter, and very interesting – um, if you think about healthcare stories now, you're like, oh, COVID, it's rough, it's tough. <clears throat> well, actually, um, Megan found some really uplifting stories, you know, about what's happening with the pandemic, and a lady with a, a, strain, a rare disease that uh, found some help at Columbus Hospital. So, yeah, check out the interview and check the links with Megan. Uh, but, yeah, getting back to the news of the day, um, story in the uh, Canton Repository, the Active Week of Journal over the weekend, uh, talking about bars. Um, you know, with COVID, there's been a lot of uh, talk back and forth about what's allowed to be open and what's not. Um, you know, we still have this 10 p.m. curfew. Um, and, uh, you know, we've talked about this in the past. I, I think it's still kind of weird uh, because I, I'm not saying we should be in, like, 24-hour lockdown. But it sounds weird to say, hey, 10 p.m. is this time where you got to go inside. I mean, you know, it's, it seems to be more people around late well part of i guess the express reason for a 10 p.m curfew were, were bars i mean you know especially you know when you watch games a lot of people getting together and everything else um and there was a good story in the repository and beacon journal they talked to some bar owners and the owners were like hey we need an exemption i mean we're getting killed here and this weekend with the browns playing last night and the buckeyes playing tonight this represents some serious money well they may attempt to hire restaurant association may attempt and nothing happened. So the article was just talking about some of their frustration. Um, Brandon, I mean, is there anything that can be done? I mean, I, I kind of get what the governor is saying here, but staying safe, you know, I mean, can't they still offer carry out? I mean, or is there more money to be had by people going to the place and, and just sitting there and having fun? No, well, even with a socially distant, um, arrangement i would assume at a bar or restaurant is you know it'll be the drinks that they'll make money off of um you know so um and drinks are are pretty probably pricier um option on the menu i mean whereas like carry out food is probably uh, a little bit more on the affordable side compared to drinks so i think that's the kind of revenue they're missing out on is someone that's kind of um you know they're yeah they're getting some food but um the drinks keep on coming kind of thing maybe when they're watching the game as um, you know, football games take about what four hours, so yeah. that's a that's a lot of time uh, you could have. And if the game, um, if your game starts at eight, it's probably going to end well into the night. So I mean, if they're leaving early at ten, I mean, you're kind of missing out on a couple hours of um, them ordering some uh, refreshments or whatnot. So I think that's that's the concern there. I think um, you know. Um, um, this is, uh, you know, obviously tough from an economic standpoint. Um, but of course, from a pandemic standpoint, you know, it's probably would keep everyone safe. You know, people should stay home. Probably, you know, their food, food and beverage is probably a little bit cheaper if they buy it from the grocery store and just enjoy the tailgate from home. But 
I do feel for the businesses that um, when these kind of moments show up and there's like, you know, um, you can't tell, uh, can't, um, excuse me, can't um, um, have the uh, fun watch parties that we're, we love, love uh, to go out to. Yeah, I got to tell you, though, the older I get, and I know I sound like a get off my lawn dude right now, but the older I get and the more kids I have, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sounding like, you know, what the Duggars. I mean, I don't have a lot of kids, but I mean, you have kids and everything else. I get tired of going out, like to a, a bar, or a restaurant, sports bar, whatever the case might be. And I was so depressed last night. I just wanted to sit in my office, watch the game, and just, ugh, it was rough. Um, Craig, uh, what's it like up in your area? I mean, are you still feeling the same pinch? I mean, it's yeah. Ohio State area, but it's kind of halfway between Ohio State and Michigan. Right, yeah. And, you know, a lot of the the issues that people are having with bars not staying open is, you know, people don't have cable. And in, for right. some, in some cases, this is an opportunity for these people to watch their teams play. Um, and I think people don't really, that's the other thing with it, not just the going out and congregating and having drinks, but also just actually being able to watch the game play out um, mm -hmm. and not have to follow it on an app or something like that where actually you can watch the game. And with this game being an ESPN game, I'm probably, I don't believe they're going to simulcast on ABC. So that would really take out a lot of people that, you know, couldn't just use the antenna or a tuner in their HDTV. Uh, so that's a big problem. But yeah, you know, going back to the point about the bars wanting to stay open and, you know, I know, you know, in the spring when they closed down and they reopened for carry out and things like that. Um, I talked to a couple of bar owners in November when it seemed like the governor was almost in that that mode of maybe threatening to shut down again. And one bar owner was very interesting in the Fremont area said, no one's ordering Jack and Coke to go. Now, not to say that everybody's, you know, drinking hard liquor, but she basically said that not everybody is like getting a, you know, styrofoam cup of Jack and Coke or a hard, you know, hard beverage. So, um, you know, in, in theory, I think, you know, from her perspective, she said they've been <clears throat> A handful of those types of drinks. Yeah, people might have bought a beer or whatever, a case of beer, but they've always had that option. You know, it's the hard liquor, you know, being able to do mixed drinks, things like that, that really allowed them, you know, in the spring shutdown. But she said it just wasn't really that profitable for them, thinking that, you know, maybe people would take advantage of it. They really didn't. Yeah, and, and they, they're trying to change the law to allow a couple drinks, but obviously not that they hope everyone gets drunk, but, you know, two drinks may not be as much as other places. So, huh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, and I kind of wonder, too, how how crowded are these bars? I mean, I, I guess for Brown's Buckeyes thing, it would be crowded, but what if they just left them open and just say, hey, you've got to have appropriate social distancing? I mean, it's probably hard to enforce, right? Or well, I mean, the Ohio investigative unit would probably be out all over the place in the state because, you know, I, I just did a story um, last week about a bar that had been cited three times. And, you know, I can understand the, the frustration because I talked to the bar owner and he's just like, you know, he stayed open even when the curfew was changed to 10 p.m. in July. He stayed open and he was cited for after hour sales. But his <laughs> argument was that, you know, my liquor license allows me to sell till 1, 1 a.m. And that's what I'm going to do. So, yeah, I think the, you know, just allowing them to stay open or just, you know, bars deciding, well, we're just going to stay open. They're, they're probably going to get a lot of 
complaints. And I'm sure yesterday and today you're probably going to see a, maybe an uptick in the number of complaints slash citations that have been you know levied against Ohio bars because of this. I was thinking about this, Brandon, but this is probably the most ridiculous idea I had. Um, right before Mother's Day, you know, I wanted to surprise my wife. And, you know, this year, Mother's Day, you know, everybody's really locked down. Uh, what's that place um, in the mall where you get where you get the sweet rolls or whatever? The Oh, the Cinnabon? Yeah, Cinnabon, yeah. Um, and I was trying to get something unique for her. And Cinnabon over in Easton Mall here back in Columbus had this cool deal where they said, Order ahead, and we'll give you a box of Cinnabon, which usually you can't get too many places. We'll give you a box of Cinnabon. Just pull up beside the restaurant. So you're outside. We'll hand you the box. You know, pay beforehand and everything else. So, I, you know, I, I did that. And it, it turned to be a fun gift for my wife that you, you wouldn't be able to find because everything was shut down at the time. I, I was going to suggest, well, why don't they just have beers that they can hand to you know, uh, people in cars you know they could drive around but obviously handing open containers to people in cars probably would violate some laws so that's why i'm not a good legislator because i you know about two minutes ago i'm like man i gotta suggest this everyone's gonna be high-fiving me this is great but yeah that probably wouldn't work with open container laws well i think um you know to craig's point earlier i mean i think it's not it's not just um you know being able to do that oh i think it's just is there a demand for it is there a market for it um right. you know it's just like you when you go like i say we, we talked about this too and dewine allowed um to uh alcoholic drinks to be ordered to go it's just like was there really even was there ever, ever a d demand for this like even before the pandemic like oh geez i wish i could get my drink to go um but you can just go to the grocery store and get whatever drink you, you, you could go to yeah. the grocery store get it cheaper we go. We pay. We're willing to pay the high drinks, not because we want to. We pay them just because we want to be in the restaurant in the atmosphere with right, our right. friends and family. That's what. That's that's the allure. Uh, why we're. It's like. <laughs> it's it's almost like you're paying really just to. You're paying for the venue. Um, yeah, with high pricey right. drinks, you know. So. Um, um, that's what. That's what. That's really the un spoken negotiation here is look i want this table i want my chair like this i want the tv there i want but here's the deal paid <laughs> extremely high price for this glass mice and some weird concoction you make up or just straight up uh beer that's that's the that's the silent deal here but um so it'd be like me going to the MLS Cup, and if I couldn't get into the game, you know, hoping to get a, a beer or a pizza or whatever from the concessions and being able to go. Like if they're handing out $5 pieces of pizza, and you're like, oh, great, that's awesome, at least I have that. It's kind of silly, but you can get, you know, a lot more for cheaper. Yeah, it's amusement park uh, economics there because you're like, yeah, you're in our cage now, we get to <laughs> yes. inflate yes. the prices here. And why would you drive by and just, you know, pick up the overpriced food and everything? So, no, that's a good point. So, yeah. Yeah, so so bars kind of sucked then. I mean, I'm not sure. Because I, I do agree. We've got to be careful. I mean, I don't think the answer is just saying, okay, open up all the bars, have tons of people come in. Um, you got to feel for those guys. But, again, it's it's part of the time we're living in. I think if you're a business owner – the big thing to do is keep trying to innovate and try to find better ways of doing it. I mean, COVID's not gone yet. I mean, I'm hearing about this new strain of COVID. Uh, had a meeting over the weekend about that with news where they were talking about that strain is in Indiana and Pennsylvania now. 
and the thought is if it's in Indiana and Pennsylvania, that strain might even be here in Ohio. Now, there hasn't been any reported cases of it, but just logically you think, okay, it's there. So, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, Brand, do you have an answer of how to help? I mean, I, I guess there's really no clear answers right now. I mean, um, I mean, the, sh- the short Band-Aid here would be to, um, for I mean, as tar- far as, uh, sorry, make sure I heard this right, the, as far as restaurants and bars to... Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I guess specifically them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I would say the um, um, short short answers allow an exemption for for the games, um, you know, and then um, and the, of course like a longer term. But maybe what they could have done beforehand is um, um, some sort of um, relief monetary relief packages for them. You know, um, so many different ways of kind of keep businesses afloat <laughs> during a pandemic. You know, it's either, uh, you know, hey, let's all get in the ark. It's flooding or, hey, here's an umbrella. Here's some here's some little boats here there for you and do the best you can on your own. I, I don't know what what's the best strategy at this point. So. All right. Here's what's going to get awkward, guys. And <laughs> oh, well, um, yeah, a couple weird things happening over the weekend. It really wasn't a fun weekend, to say the least. And guys, please. Give it, give me your insight into it because you guys are journalists too and everything else. This affects you. Um, you know, last Wednesday, the the terrible, the terrible Capitol riot where people just stormed inside the Capitol, and you know we went over the riot uh, in a full podcast last week, and we'll reference it. But I mean, I don't think we need to devote weeks of podcasts into the riot. I mean, I'm sure there'll be more news coming from it, but let's leave it as it. it it's terrible. People, you don't storm inside a federal building, one. And two, the people who stormed inside a federal building, it wasn't like they were just partying, like, yeah, we're in a federal building. I mean, there was people with very bad intentions that stormed at the federal building. And sadly, a couple people died. I mean, anytime you have that incident where five people die, it's just, it's terrible. And, um, yeah, full stop. I mean, I, I don't think there needs to be any doubt on who is right and who is wrong. So, Brandon and Craig, as the days have gone by, we found out more about what people were planning. We hear more and more pictures. We hear about stuff. Well, one of the things that impacted me and I'm sure impacted you guys and impacted a bunch of our media members was um, a lot of graffiti was scratched on some of the doors and everything. Well, one of the graffiti that was scratched was murder the media. Now, the media really wasn't part of this riot. I mean, yes, the media covered the rally. It was all before the, the, the riot. Um, but, you know, a lot of this was the frustration over, oh, they stole the election, so let's get mad and let's, you know, do things or whatever else. Um, but if you look at the riot, you know, the president said a bunch of kind of, uh, how do I say this politely? Um, things that would spark anger. Um, Craig mentioned this last week. Um, Rudy Giuliani talked about, you know, fight with combat. Was that the phrase? Trial by uh, combat. Yeah, trial by combat. Donald Trump Jr. was saying, you know, stuff. And, you know, the president was like, oh, the media is always the enemy of the people. Uh, and the media is like the worst thing that happened to America or the worst thing that's going on with America. I'm like, okay, whatever. So. You hear that language, and then you hear murder the media and everything. And there was reports of media members very much being harassed about what was going on. There was reports of media members at the uh, Capitol that were um, 
targeted by police. I mean, the police, some police were letting protesters in and the media is like, okay, we need to do our jobs. We're, we're covering what's happening. Oh, you can't come in. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys saw the video. There's a video of uh, police just pretty much saying, all right, come in. And then, oh, stop me. Stop me. So as any right thinking person would be, I was concerned about that. So on my Facebook over the weekend, I just posted a picture of the door and I said, Hey, I am a member of the media that, you know, is regularly called the enemy of the people. And that some people are trying to kill and again, some people, because you, you know, if you say murder the media, it's not just a lyric or a phrase. I mean, you know, it was done by people with bad intentions over the weekend guys. I wasn't expecting to have, oh, poor Chris, or, oh, I'm sorry you feel threatened, or, you know, hey, I'm a man, I can deal with this stuff. But the rhetoric that I was hearing was just stunning. And we're going to go there. Um, I'm going to post that link. All my posts are public. You can go to my page right now and see exactly what was said. But I'll share the link in the podcast. And let's talk about some of the people that said something. I'm not going to mention names, but, again, Click on the link. You'll know their name. You'll know their backgrounds. Had a pastor friend of my dad's. Um, my dad was in a group of pastors uh, that we all hung out with. Um, I knew the guy. Well, I know the guy pretty well. I um, Our youth groups hung out. I mean, you know, this is a relationship that I just didn't know since the podcast started. This is a relationship. I mean, eight-year-old Chris was running around with people in that church, you know. So he starts ranting and raving about how, all, you know, the media gets things wrong. You have to be the purveyor of truth. You need to speak for the truth. You know, kind of like we're all a bunch of wretched a-holes and, you know, we need someone to speak the truth. So, Chris, make that change. Be that change. What he doesn't know, I mean, this has been my career. And this has been my career. I mean, I'm 46 now. I got in this business probably about 25 years ago. It was before Donald Trump was a thing. It was before anything else. And I'm, I'm, and so I responded back, not angrily, but I said, dude, I've known you since I was a kid. You know my parents. You know what I stand for. You know everything else. And I'll let you guys. I'm sorry. I'm just ranting a little bit. Um, I had a principal of mine, middle school principal. <clears throat> this guy knew my family really well. He was friends with my dad. My mom wanted to get back into teaching. Um, it was a concern because my mom was starting to get older. This guy took a chance on my mom. So, again, this isn't just some random troll out there that wants to get on my nerves or anything. This is a man that known me. I mean, this was – I was 12-year-old Chris, and I was awkward as a middle schooler. Believe me. Trust me. It, it was tough. But he was a friend of me. He was a friend of my family. He starts screaming about how the media is parasites and, I, I mean, just yelling every conspiracy theory and everything else. <clears throat> and I, I'm responding to him saying, dude – I, he's like, well, Chris, you're okay. You're fine. You're, you're good. And I, and I came back and I said, look, I am the media. These are friends of mine. I fight the war with them. I work for a national publication. I work with local publications. If you hate them, you hate me. I'm no exception. I, I'm not the moral bright star of the media. Believe me, I'm not. I struggle like anybody else. And yes, I I, I I strive for faith. I strive for truth and everything else. But I screw up like anyone else. And it just ticked me off. I had a family member. And I need to approach this really gingerly. This is a close family member of mine. that talks about, well, you guys need to have a serious discussion. We do. 
We have serious discussions every week. With this U.S. Capitol thing, we had serious discussions about how to handle that. And we published, I mean, there was a story in the Canton Repository where we pretty much let somebody who said, this is starting a war, you know, viva revolution. We let this guy have 25 inches to say whatever he wanted to do. And we kind of flack for that. We have discussions of ourselves every day. Don't don't just sit there and say we don't have discussions. And I had this dopey dude, and, and if he hears it, hit, hit the unfriend button, okay? I worked with him 20 years ago in, in journalism. He left journalism because he was frustrated about, oh, they're being too liberal. And for the past 20 years, he's yelled about MSM and everything else. So he's asking me, well, you guys are lazy and, and unmotivated and everything. Bull crap. This U.S. capital thing alone made me work over what I was supposed to at work. We're covering this Buckeyes thing. I wrote 10 profiles about Buckeyes last night. I, I worked my butt off last week. And they have people who are not in the media who are struggling, doing menial jobs, God knows where. Don't come to me and start screaming about how we're lazy, unmotivated, and everything else. Um. <laughs> I don't want to call on you guys. I mean, I, I don't know what you guys want to say about this. I'm just ranting, and look, this is my form to, to rant about that stuff. I, I mean, whoever wants to jump in, are, are you guys hearing this yourself? Because to me, all I was saying was, guys, it kind of hurts a little bit because I'm in a profession that's being attacked viciously. And I, I, I felt that people I've known for years were like, Okay, great. This is our chance of attacking you personally. I, I mean, th that was my takeaway from this weekend. I mean, are you, Brandon, are you guys hearing? Uh, do you hear this in your field? Or, I, I mean, I, I found it really strange. Um, yeah, I mean, um, this is something that's been around. I've heard bits and pieces, and I've seen journalists always comment on this throughout, uh, throughout the years. Um, always the good old story. Um, Oh, meet some someone new. They bash the media. I tell them I'm I am the media or I'm the journalist, and then it's like, oh no, not you, right. not you. Yeah. Um, you're good. I'm like, uh, um, it, it is a it is a strange. Um, it's almost like um, complaining. Ah, I hate the ocean. I hate the ocean. Then you meet the one fit your one favorite water droplet. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, that's media is of course plural for. As the plural word, or um, medium for uh, different types of mediums that we communicate above throughout the whether it's TV, digital, print. Um, I think it's my always, my always. Um, I always say this again and again about what cracks me up about criticisms of the media is, um, especially from conservatives. I have a lot of conservative friends. Um, and I don't really, I'm not always, I'm one of those journalists who's kind of not willing to share publicly my views. Um, but I would say that um, um, as, as openly as clearly as say labeling myself, let me put it that way. But um, um, that, you know, conservatives say, well, the free market usually solves it out. Competition solves this out, but somehow this doesn't extend to the media. Well, you have wall street journal, Washington post, New York times, Fox news, you have so many different outlets right now competing. And um, I think Fox News is a little bit of the exception, but let's just say all, let's just put that on, put that one in its own little silo. But for the most part, the mainstream media, ABC, um, NBC News, 
um, some international outlets like the BBC, the Guardian. I could go, go on, of course. They're all competing. They're all competing against each other. And usually they come to the same conclusions. If one gets the scoop, if one gets the anonymous source that breaks the news and story, then usually all the other outlets figure out who's the one talking. And then they usually help confirm that report. Sometimes you see that where, oh, we haven't been able to confirm it yet. Well, there, there is a report, but we haven't been able to confirm uh, this other outlet story. I mean, that was kind of like the crux of um, of the um, Spielberg movie, The Post, where uh, the New York Times scooped them on the Pentagon Papers, um, and then like they, and then like I think the actual editor talked about it that day. Like, oh, I hated how um, we had to attribute everything to the New York Times. Um, somehow, though conspiracy theorists have come to this conclusion that they are all working in cahoots, that they are all, um, um, that they're all sitting down in a table, smoking cigars and just saying, okay, how are we going to frame the news and manipulate it? Um, I just, it's almost like the free market works up until it gets to the point when it's, except for media. I, I, I'm just baffled by it. Then of course, um, you know, there are issues with the media though. I think in terms of, you know, if it, the bleed it leads mentality, the the um, dramatize it, look for the most interesting angle. Of course, we got to sell advertise. We got to got to attain interest. We have uh, links to click and um, ads, and there's and that's obviously blatant because um, you know <clears throat> as much as we love reporters going to cover meetings. Um, a lot of those meeting coverage stories probably no one reads them. <laughs> um, but, but I got to I got to tell you, Brian. Sorry to. No, go for, cut me off. I'm about to go on for like a lecture hour. Oh no, no, you're you're fine. But no, no, it. But I, I gotta tell you, and and I'll say it. We had a guy who appeared on the podcast for what was it, Brandon, three or four times, and, and we all know who it is. I finally cut the cord with him on Facebook over the weekend because I because he got to the place where it was just constant lecturing about the media and everything. It, it, it was just, it was just ridiculous. And it just got to the point where it was awful. And I, I'll tell you, and what I was going to say, Brandon is look, I've had situations. I'm not the guy who goes on Facebook and starts attacking other people's jobs. I'm not that type of guy. Okay. I, I mean, if you want to attack my job, whatever, it's going to frustrate me. It's good fodder for a podcast, but I'm not the guy that attacks people's jobs. I said one thing, I think it was like a year ago, just kind of questioning something about teachers. It wasn't like murder the teachers or anything. It was just saying, well, how does this work or something? I got it from every teacher I know. And my wife's tapping me on the shoulder, but she's in teaching. She says, oh, Chris, you got to really think about what you're saying. And, and to have somebody post Hey, I'm afraid I might get killed one of these times because people are using rhetoric, and and it's open season. I mean, that's what stunned me. And Brandon, you had the, the comment. You left a comment on the um, thread. You know, I made the comment saying, "Look, if we don't tone down the rhetoric, somebody's going to get hurt and killed. And it's not just your least favorite media person that you're like, oh, good, they got taken care of. It's somebody innocent, caught in the crosshairs. It's somebody like me. It's somebody like." Uh, and I want to pick on Megan, our other guest today, but, you know, uh, a reporter out there, innocent reporter who isn't doing this for the wrong reason or anything else. Uh, I, I mean, somebody's going to get hurt really bad. And, and Brandon, you followed up with a great comment, you know, Capital Gazette a couple years ago. You know, somebody walked in and it was somebody who was upset about a story that was written 10 years ago. 
before probably 9% of the staff members were even at the paper, came in and started shooting people. What was it, five people dead? Yeah. And, and, and you know, no one should get killed for anything. Even if everybody on the staff combined and wrote some fake news article, I mean, that doesn't deserve death. And where have we, where have we gone to as a country? I, I, I'm going to talk to you guys in a minute about my – I had a bunch of awful experiences with Walmart. I'm not going to say murder at Walmart. I'm not going to go on and look for Walmart employees and start attacking them. Hey, it was a bad experience. But I care for people as people. And I, I think part of the problem with what's happened over the past four years is we've, we, we're allowing the openness of the rhetoric to just ratchet up. You know what I mean? It, and, and it's open season. If you're ticked off by anything, just go, you know, say whatever you want. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, this pastor guy, uh, if you read the second comedy, it's like, oh, I understand. But sometimes when articles are bad, people get frustrated. Well, should you get frustrated enough where you're screaming at the media, screaming at someone you know for 40 freaking years, and uh, screaming enough where you're equating, oh, I got misquoted in this story for whatever podunk paper covers this town, to you can't equate that to what, what's happening. That doesn't mean the tone of rhetoric's okay. I mean, is that the impression you're getting, Craig? You know, I, I, I did something similar to you, uh, Chris, and posted this uh, the photo that you had used, and and kind of just said, "Hey, you know, this isn't right. I we're not the enemy of people as the media. We we work on your behalf to inform you of the dealings going on in your communities." And sad, you know, sadly, I had uh, you know. A Facebook friend comment, and you know I respect him. He's an intelligent man, but uh, we got into this debate about you know the thing that really struck me was the murder. The media was literally carved into a door at the Capitol, and I I take that very strongly because I've been threatened a couple of times in my short career. Uh, yeah, I had a, a family member threaten me, and we as a as a news organization had a letter sent to us. Uh, by a man who was, uh, I covered his trial. He went to uh, to prison for threatening to blow up schools uh, in the Toledo and the uh, Oak Harbor and Port Clinton area. And he had uh, sent the, a message to us, another newspaper or two other newspapers saying that I am going to destroy you and your corporate organization. Get ready to feel the wrath of God. And that was sent to us. And we had to call the police just to let them know that this guy from a psychiatric hospital had sent this and, you know, now he's out, but you know, that was very scary. And um, so I was very, you know, it was very disconcerting to see the murder of the media carved into a door because it wasn't just a, you know, a, it, 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 more, it seemed more foreboding of a message than it did as just somebody frustratingly carving something in. And one of my friends said, the murder of the media, this is nothing about you, but rather the method of loose reporting described above. He had referenced a couple of stories, uh, one of them being the Jesse Smollett uh, uh, lie that uh, the, the, the man had talked about being uh, the target of uh, racial discrimination. Um, <clears throat> and then he, my friend goes on to say, synonym for murder is kill. Where else is the term kill used in society? How about when a bill is killed in Congress? Should people assume okay. politicians want to kill people who wrote the bill? Or in sports, when it's described that a team got killed out there, should it be should it should the team take it personally? Nope. Now, <laughs> or is it described that you're you're <clears throat> being egged on by a culture that loves incendiary language, 
where, yeah, God forbid something happens to Craig here, but we get in this situation. I, I mean, you're justifying it. No, it's not like killing a party. You know, whoever this dude is, take a flying leap. I mean, seriously. And now, do you, now let's kind of go into your relationship. <laughs> Sorry, Craig, I'm putting you on the spot here, but do, do you, is this a family member? Is this no, a. No, no, it's, it's I, I went to high school with him. I've known him for, you know, almost 20 years probably now. So um, it's it's certainly not an extremely close friend, but it's some somebody I've played football with and went to high school with um, and, and no, um, you know, so, and again, <clears throat> you know, we've been hearing the fake news stuff for, you know, going on four plus years or so now, and I've gotten a little bit immune to it. I don't care if someone says fake news, this fake news, that I've, I've gotten to the point now where I just kind of brush it off. But the moment you carve murder, the media in a door at the Capitol, that isn't just some we're just having fun because we're, we're taking Nancy Pelosi's pens and we're taking her sign off the door. That is a message of hate. And like you said, Chris, I, I have never disliked anything or anybody enough to, to the point where I'd say, I hope they're dead or I want to kill them or they should be killed. That is just absolutely ridiculous. And well, you're human being. Yeah. This, this notion yeah. that it, it wasn't really a big deal. And yeah, maybe I'm going to take it more personally because I'm in the media, but these whoever carved that into this door seems to be advocating for killing people. And when he basically tried to defend it as it don't take it that literally, well, if he wanted to say end fake news and then then carve end fake news into the doorway, not murder the media. That's kind of where right. I'm coming from. Right. And and do the posted on, on Craig's thing. It, it's not to say, okay, the sooners got killed last night. The sooners were ready to play, they got killed. The, you can't compare that to someone carving something in the door saying murder the media. I, I mean, that's the most ridiculous asinine thing I've heard in my entire life. I mean, that's just, that's dumb. It, it, it just, I, I, I don't know, Brandon, I, I think I'll leave this because, uh, you know, we, we don't have too much longer on the podcast, but why aren't we treating people like human beings? I mean, I, I guess that's the drop-off. I mean, we're, we're biased on this because we're journalists. We don't like murder the media. But why – I mean, we're not treating people like humans pretty much, you know? Yeah, the rhetoric on media is pretty harsh compared to, like, um, other professions out there. Like, um, teachers were under scrutiny for a long time. Still are today, but – um, you know, we were some leg legislative reforms back in the early aughts on that. Um, police officers today are under scrutiny. Um, but I have never seen, uh, you know, um, and I think probably similar treatment there when you was with the, um, you know, all cops are bastards kind of acronym being thrown around here and there. But um, it does seem media, though, I don't I haven't really seen um, the worst that the police has been threatened with is defunding <laughs> media is yeah. like murder death to us you know it's um um it's very vicious um and it has been and would you guys agree i mean i've been threatened a couple times earlier in my career when president trump was no more than i was even before he was a reality game show host or whatever um but but would you guys agree you're, you're both journalists has the attacks are ratcheting? It's been kind of very strange in the past four years. Or am I am I just making this crap up? Yeah, I mean, you know, 
even at the local small paper level, you know, we hear it, you know, we get the fake news this we, I, I, you know, we were, we were wanting to, you know, reach out to people that had gone to the rally on Wednesday before it turned into that mob, just to see if there were any local, you know, people there. And I had, you know, written a couple of prompts on some Facebook pages and, you know, one of them just said, why don't you just make something up like you always do? And it's like, you know, people don't realize that I would say like 99.95% of journalists out there strive to get it right. There are more good than way more good than bad. I mean, you're talking a select few of reporters that have, you know, like a Stephen Glass, for instance, that have cooked stories over the years. And, you know, I don't, I don't care if there's one, there's one's too many, but we are in this to get it right. And I get sick to my stomach if I have a quote that's incorrect or if I misinterpreted information or someone said, I mean, I get sick to my stomach even over the littlest of things, not something even that major. If you, you know, you just maybe, you know, forgot a word or something in a, in a, in a story, you know, so people don't realize that about us. And I know I'm not the only person that's ever just gotten sick to their stomach over, you know, misinterpreting information or, you know, getting a quote, you know, somewhat wrong or whatever. You know, it, it just sickens me. And people don't realize that. And they just think that, oh, we meant to do that. No, we don't. We don't mean and, to do that at all. And the editors I work with, believe me, I mean, the editor that oversees um, Craig and other editors I work with, they let you know. And they're not like, oh, mistake, oh, whatever, great, fake news, whatever. Right. I mean, they go crazy. And um, we had a situation, I'm not going to call them out because I work there, but one of the papers that I work with, I had a couple gaps, embarrassing things. And both cases, I mean, were overworked. And, you know, for for the guy I used to work with that lives in New York now that is haranguing about the MSM being, yeah, MSM, where'd you get that from? Okay, Rush Limbaugh, and fine. Hey, uh, I'm not saying Rush Limbaugh is a bad person, but but come up with your own terms. You know, stop listening to Rush and, and just parroting everything he says. But you know, we're not lazy. We're overworked. And one of the gaps it was because we got bad information from a police department. And you know, instead of yelling and saying murder the police department spokesman, the police department is way overworked too. Stuff happens. I mean, I'll, I want to go to this guy's shop, okay? You know, I'm going to find out where he's at. I'm going to start posting every – yeah, I'm sure he, he – I'm sure he's perfect at his job, right? Nothing happens. I'm sure I'm sure he's overworks himself and he's not lazy or incompetent. I mean, come on. I've hardly blocked – I might block people. I'm one that, you know, if I know you at all, I, I accept you as a Facebook friend. Because I, I want to contact you and everything. It's just tough. All right. Sorry, Brandon. I just it just reminds me of uh, your story. Remind me of like oftentimes when any officials like, oh no, um, you might know who I'm talking about. But um, oh no, you need to, you need to fact check the news. You need to do your fact check and you need to check the news and blah. And it's like, but they never like to tell you how to do <laughs> to do it. Um, they just want they just tell you you need to do it. But I and I'm always like, well, we're going to the primary sources. We're checking out what they're saying. We're looking at the um, is this a, is this a mayor we used to cover? May or may not be. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll say that about that. Hey, you can look it up. I, I'm not going to start yelling out names. But, you, you know, part of the situation there, too. You know, okay, Brandon and I cover, cover the town. And we're not going to say who it is. You can probably guess who it is if you look at our resumes or whatever. We, we covered a town where 
they had shoddy at best reporting probably for the past 10, 20 years. So Brandon and I come there and, you know, I told the guy hired me this. Brandon told me when I hired him about this, we report news. We actually look into stuff. We actually hold people accountable. Okay. So somebody hired me. I hired Brandon. We're off to the races. And suddenly, you know, we get criticized. Oh, why are you covering this so hard? Why are you asking these questions? Why are you doing that? Because we're reporters, we're journalists. That's what people have done. And it's not, we didn't start doing this when President Trump was elected. And we, this is our career. It's just tough. Let me say, I want to get to Walmart. I only keep you guys too late, but let me say this also real quick. Um, (laughs) This is going to get me in trouble. I I don't care anymore. Um, I don't know where Brandon and Craig are on a faith perspective. And it's not my business we're not i'm not going to call them out on a podcast or whatever it's fine but as a christian i'm held to a, an accountable standard if it's on a podcast if it's at work if it's not interact with my family um, you know friends i'm involved with outside of a podcast or whatever i'm held to a, an account what bothers me and i've said this a billion times on this podcast is there's a perception currently in the Republican Party that, you know, we're the party of faith. We're the party of Christianity and everything. And lately, sometimes the way Republicans, and hey, Democrats have done the same thing in the past. I'm not just blaming Republicans. In our culture, in our society today, we, we treat people like number two. I'm not going to say what that is. You know, poop, crap, you know, whatever. But as a Christian, what you say online matters. And I had people of faith on that Facebook post arguing with journalist friends of mine. And I don't care if you're right or not. I don't care if you're... I don't care if the media has caused indelible damage to your life. If you're a person of faith, what you say to other people matters. And I'm especially looking at the pastor guy comment. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm assuming the other people who comment are of faith. I mean, at least they claim they are. And you're sitting there and you're, you're screaming at, at friends of mine in the journalism ministry that I don't know if they're a faith or not. What a, what a stupid-ass nice thing to do, to be honest with you. That sucks. Be, because our witness as people of faith, our witness for God, is way important than what you do here on Earth. It's more important than journalism. It's more important than any other business and everything else. And you're sitting there, and you're using this rhetoric to start sitting here and ripping people up and down about their job and how they feel about politics. Yeah, screw all you guys. I, 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 I literally mean that because that's what hurt me over the weekend. The guy that used to be on the podcast is blocked right now. Okay. I, I, I was concerned from being a friend of Brandon, some of the stuff he was saying. And I confronted him about that. And I said, look, man, the way you're treating doesn't showcase it. I mean, you know, you talk about your love for God and everything, but the way you treat other people doesn't showcase that. Calm down. Um, you know, I said this to him when he was screaming at me on a Facebook post about media. And I had people messaging me on Facebook going, who is this guy? Is this one of your Christian Trump friends or whatever else like that? And, you know, his fate, his witness just got damaged. And, and I confronted him about that. I said, dude, shut up. Because that's not important. And he didn't say that. And he said, oh, whatever. I don't think it's that big of a deal. And I'm not just calling him out. I'm calling out other people who do that. 
in my and you know hey if you like Trump or if you like Biden fine but if you're treating other people like crap because of that you're making the wrong decision so okay sorry I'm <laughs> I told you last night it was going to be a very awkward interesting podcast but hey sometimes these are the best podcasts so I'll check after I post this if I my friends list drops by half we'll know what happens so Hey, I, let me mention this really quick. I know we're going a little bit over. Um, are you guys having luck with apps during the pandemic? Yeah. yeah. Brandon? Uh, any particular apps or? Well, let me quickly share my story. I won't harangue this for a half hour like I did the other one. Um, over the weekend, I had some trouble. Um, Walmart is my my place to go to. Um we, uh, I, I'm not in the best shape. I've lost weight in the past year, but I'm still not where I need to be. So I don't want to be out. Um, if I catch COVID, it's not going to end well. I, I'm going to be a respirator and saying bye to my family. And hey, I've got kids. I don't want to be like that. So I've been very conservative, very careful in the way I've treated COVID. Um, you know, my wife teaches a, a school where they, they've chosen to have in-person school. I have a a boy that we're watching that th- with his autism, he has a hard time wearing a mask. So we've been conservative on the way we watch a church online. We do a bunch of other stuff like that. We're, we're not out that much. So with Walmart, we do the pick up your food option where you can order online, you pick it up. Walmart's been fantastic. You know, over the last couple months we did. This weekend, I posted a uh, Walmart order on Saturday. Uh, it was like 9 a.m. And they said, all right, come by, pick it up at 4 p.m. I come by at 4 p.m. Oh, we're delayed. Okay. So I call the Walmart. Hey, what's what's up? What's going on? Um, is it like a half hour? Should we just drive around for a while? We don't know. Um, the people who are, are order for you, they're not showing up today. We're not sure what happened. I, it was like an order for 33 items. I'm like, oh, well, okay. We, we go to bed for Saturday night. We, we, we wake up Sunday morning. I get an email. And this is 20 hours after the order was placed. Um, 12 hours after they said it was going to be ready and everything. They said, oops, we don't have like 20 of your 33 items. Now, Walmart usually does a good job of substituting. So if you say, I want Diet Pepsi, you might substitute Pepsi for it or whatever. No one had it. So I called Walmart Sunday <laughs> morning at uh, the corporate office. I'm a little bit tech going, what can you, what can you help me? They said, okay, we'll place another order. I go to Lewis Center, and um, Brandon, that's what, about a half hour away from where I live. It, it, it's a ways away. Same thing. I had to drive all the way back home. 7 p.m., they're like, oh, we're missing 16 of your items. No substitutions. I'm like, what the freak? It's like 7, 7.30. Now, as you know, the Browns Steelers play on uh, at 8 p.m. I kind of want to watch that game. I want to make sure I got all the stuff I need to do for my family. Now, in hindsight, I should have been like, yeah, let me go to Walmart last night because obviously that game sucked. It wasn't worth watching. But no one could give me any answers. So I finally called Walmart back last night at about 7.30. That's why our, our, your show topics didn't get sent to you guys so real late last night. And I'm on the phone with them for a while. And they say – you know, our whole system's down. We can't guarantee that the items you select are actually in our stores. Mm-hmm. Why don't you place another order? I'm like, why? Why would I do that? What does that make sense? And, and again, we're in a communications industry. I've worked in public relations for a while. And I said, hey, I, 
I, I've done this. I've been on your side of the the aisle. Why can't you just release a statement or why can't you just shut down your system for the weekend if you're having that trouble? Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe we should have done that. <laughs> so I had a weekend. Of, and again, look, uh, look at me. I'm uh, I'm a big guy. I can uh, I, I don't have to eat you know, for a day and I'll, I'll survive. But I got kids that no lunch, you know, lunch, lunch food for today. And, you know, with the pandemic, they can't put their food in the refrigerator. It's got to come preheated. I mean, there's all these specifications because of that. It's like, it's just insane. I mean, <laughs> so is it just me? I mean, it was just weird. It, it's freaking Walmart. It's not, you know, some corner store that five people ever go to. I, I don't know. Wow, that's uh, quite the quite the chore of a weekend. Uh, I would say that I don't go to Walmart for online shopping, uh, so I've no, I can't really speak to how good it is up in my area. I, I usually, if I do go online, which I do quite often, I do it through Kroger. So, you know, I don't know if you prefer Walmart because they have specific items that you that you get or whatever. But um, I've never ever had a trouble had had trouble with Kroger. Although every now and then, yeah, there are a few items that may be you know, out of stock, but for the most part, you know, you can get the substitutions there as well. So I guess that would be my, my best, uh, you know, advice is to maybe seek another, you know, maybe not another Walmart, but another store if, if you can do that and, and feel comfortable with the items that they sell. Now they claim, um, <clears throat> well, they, I, I need to mention this too. They claim, but they send me express order. Does it say, you know, usually cost you like 10 bucks for this, but we'll do this and waive the fees. They send me emails saying, we're going to send all of your items at 8 a.m., sometimes between 8 and 9 a.m. So, yeah, so later today, I'll let you know. Who knows? Maybe it'll be great. Maybe they'll send me all the items and not charge me or whatever, but don't hold your breath. I'll put it that way. Um, <laughs> well, Craig, can you drive up to Kroger and they just put in your back? Yeah. Trunk? yeah. Um, okay. it, one At the one I'm at, you know, it's it's better than even the Walmart one because this is one where it's a newer Kroger. So they actually accounted for having the click list pickup. And obviously because of the pandemic, it certainly is uh, very popular these days, but uh, the one at Wa the Walmart we have didn't really, it's not a newer one. So it doesn't really have the, it doesn't account for having a specific space. It just has spaces that would maybe be near where the handicapped zones would be. So um, this, uh, you know, the Kroger where I'm at is perfect for it. You drive up, you call them, they say, okay, we'll come out. They give you a wave or knock on your window and say, we're here. You pop the trunk and they just load it in and say goodbye. And when you order, <laughs> let's say you order for 10 items, do they more than likely have the items you want? Yeah. I mean, obviously we've seen shortages like never before with COVID. A, a lot of it depends on, on what you're getting. I mean, the only shortages that I've ever really experienced there were actually beverages like pop. Um, <laughs> You know, for the most part, they have the items. The weird thing is, is we've actually ordered stuff before. They didn't have it. And then we actually went into the store just to check. And they did. I think a lot of it has to do with they they utilize their extra stock probably for, you know, the click list uh, pickup option. So, but like I said, I, I think generally speaking, most food items, you're, you're more than likely going to to get what you're asking for. Whereas with Walmart, I've seen, you know, we've gone into Walmart before 
and they just have a bare shelf of, you know, what frozen items or whatever it may be. So not to knock on Walmart because we shop there too, but uh, I don't do the uh, the pickup at Walmart because we've been in there and we've seen just barren shelves of, of not much out there. But they said, like, we, we do great value milk. There's hundreds of great value milks. Oh, we're out of it. Bull crap. There's no way you're out of it. I mean, there's swimming in great value milks. Brian, what do you use? I mean, I'm looking for help here. I mean, uh, I, I know you're careful of COVID. Uh, do you pick up yours online? or? Uh, no, Chris. Um, I haven't gone that crazy route yet of ordering and just waiting in my car and oh. letting someone I do the – because I, I, I go to Aldi. Um, okay. It's it's short, sweet. Because back in the day, um, before pandemics, way before pandemic, we used to shop at like a your biggest store, like Walmart or Meyer or whatever. Three hours later, um, you come out of the store with like a hundred dollar grocery bill or you know something insane. Um, and so, um, you know, we started going to Aldi. Our grocery bills a lot smaller. Um, and it's store so small you can't get stuck in there for three hours. So yeah, uh, that's how we've been doing it for a long time now. Um, well, it sounds I, kind of the same, but your time's money. I, I mean, you know, I mean, we're not worth millions, but <laughs> three hours. Uh, that, I mean, that's worth money. That yeah. you know what I mean. And most all these have pickup options. At least the one the one in my town does. I'm not sure if you know, many of the Columbus stores do, but. Mine does have a have a pickup option, surprisingly. Yeah, I think I've seen them. I'm I'm not big on pickup because of um, I'm just like I don't like to give up that kind of control to say okay, yeah. I'm trusting this person to go through and pick items up and um, get the right specific item. Yeah. Um, I'm just very particular. I guess maybe if someone, any um, um, like Chrissy's example, oh. Uh, no diet Pepsi will get you Pepsi. No, 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 no. I want a diet Coke. Diet. Yeah, <laughs> it's gotta yeah, be sure. got, right. Gotta be. I know on Kroger. I know on Kroger you can specify um, substitution options. Like if you, you know, some people don't like regular, or some people like regular and not diet, so they don't want the other to substitute. I think you can specify like, or you can even pick from an option of of different Whoa. options of substitutions at Kroger, where it's like. You know, do you want, um, I, I remember one time I'm a Diet Mountain Dew guy and, and they didn't have what I had wanted, but they gave me the the smaller bottles of it rather than, you know, substituting it with like the generic brand or a Mountain Dew regular, you know, they said, well, okay, well, here's the next thing that we have in Diet Mountain Dew. Here you go. Um, I don't know if it was the same monetary value. It, I think it might've been. Um, so, you know, but I didn't really care to even do the math on it. I just said, okay, well, it's, that's what I wanted. So whatever, I wanted something of it. So, um, but yeah, I think, you know, I, I don't necessarily buy meat. Like, you know, if you, if you want like ground meat or something in a package or chicken or whatever, you know, I, I usually try to go in the store for that because you, you see it, you know what you want, you know what you like, you know, it looks good. You know, you don't want to, you know, risk having someone give you the brownest looking meat ever. Um, you know, so that, that's, that's probably the one difference is that I will go in the store for that, but frozen items, I, you know, or beverages, I don't really mind doing the cook list. My wife has done the Aldi's pickup already, and the only thing um, awkward about that is she gets texts because it's more personalized, and somebody will text her like she wants somebody to text her like twenty times, like, "Oh, you're missing this. Can I give you this?" And in some ways, it's nice because it's 
personified, but I've always just kind of annoying because, you know, <laughs> some of the sexy 20 times you have to answer. So it's kind of rough. Yeah. So. For Kroger, you just get one text message and it'll say, Hey, some of your items are missing and you click the link and you can actually go to the Kroger, uh, either the website or the app on your device. And you can look and see what's going to be there, how much the quantity of, you know, what you're missing. Um, and then obviously any substitutions, if you decided to hit the substitution button and you can see what's been substituted. So you don't get mass, you know, text messages from Kroger. I don't, you know. Okay. All right. Well, Hey, it's been a show and been a little bit of a doozy and Hey, I, I will leave it at this. If, if any of you are listening and if I'm calling you out specifically, Hey, I love you all. I, I'm not wanting to hate any, any of you guys. Um, you guys have meant a lot to me and I, I'm not taking it super personally. So I don't want any calls or long emotional Facebook messages. I'm good and everything, but honestly, I care about what I do. I'm proud of what I do. And sorry, I, I, I'm not sharing pictures of my family on a public forum. And, you know, if you, and if you got an issue and if you're that worked up with me, sorry, I take this stuff seriously. And if you're radicalized to the point where you're just yelling, take me off your list. We can be friends. You can call me. But it's just ridiculous. So, I don't know. All right. Well, hey, it's been a good show. Any last-second shout-outs? There was something I wanted to mention, but anything you guys want to shout-out? Check out the Chad Duke show. Um, one of my podcasters I listen to, he's debuting a new show today, chaddukeshow.com. Um, very guy talk, um, a little bit on the, um, definitely not PG Rachel, I'll put it that way, but, uh, I've listened to Chad for many years and, um, Chad's starting a new show. So if you think about checking it out, it is subscription based, but they offer a free show on Friday. So, Hey, we're podcasters. I like to call out other podcasters. I like, uh, so check that out tomorrow. Guys, we didn't even talk about this today. I want to talk a little bit about social media tomorrow. Um, Donald Trump got taken off every social media known to man, and I, I, th- I think it's good, but I think it's it could be a little problematic down the road. And I'll give you my feelings on that tomorrow. But all right, thanks, guys. I appreciate you hanging in with me. Thank you for letting me vent. Um, hopefully, I think it's healthy to vent. I think it's good. Hopefully, I'm not venting like this every day. But hey, when your football team plays like crap, and when you don't get your food order from Walmart, it, it's worth it. So we need to do that. So thanks guys. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. All right.